Uh, hello and welcome to Full Mirrorcrend. My name is John. Uh, with me today is Mike. Hello. Uh, DCW. Hello. And Colin. Good afternoon. Uh, and we have had a good afternoon because we're outside Vicarage Road where Watford uh, won 3 0 uh, against Uddersfield Town. And it, it should be a good win, Mike. And it is good. And it's great. So 19 points. Things are going up. We could be halfway, almost halfway to, to safety. And it's not even November yet. But I am actually le- not, not leaving on a low, but my energy levels aren't where I thought they would be. It's been a long day. You know it's been, well, I'm, I'm looking at you, John. I'm thinking, what have you done with the John Mooney I know? And, and, and neg- it's not, it doesn't mean, it's not a negativity thing, I know but it's mean. a weird feeling. I know what you mean. We were saying just before we started the, the show that when, when two goals come so early in a game, it does... Skew the it does skew the afternoon somewhat. Your brain, your mind does start wandering. I was almost tempted to look at the league table and see where a win would put us at turning up halfway through the first half. So I know where you're coming from, but you have to take a step back, look at that. We've won three nil comfortably. We've you know everyone was saying it. Everyone who's seen what for play before, this is the game we need to win to back up that Wolves game. Otherwise, it means nothing. We said it on the pod. Everyone's been talking about it on social media. Win this game and prove you've learned. Prove you've changed. Prove you're a different beast. We're standing here, we've, we've won 3-0, we possibly should have won 6 or even more. So I'm finding it very hard to be anything other than absolutely delighted. I can't wait to get home, get into the warm, get, some, uh, get a beer and match the day on. It's, it's, it's brilliant. 7th place, 19 points, we're flying. You know, it's the second week in a row uh, we played a team, Colin, that are below us. Uh, deemed to be below us, at least a, a, a less experienced in terms of the Premier League. Um, but it felt different again. But we did score. But we were saying because it was two goals, quick goals. Uh, I don't. I, I'm looking at you, John, a bit like Mike, and wondering what's going on with you because we've just beaten a team in the Premier League three 0 and you're like, yeah, but it was kind of yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. It's like I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I came hoping that that performance would happen. It happened, but there was no jeopardy. And uh, and I think when you're a smaller club in the Premier League, you're used to it taking a bit more out of you to get a win, and it didn't really take anything out of us today. Uh, we won that game at a canter, really. Two brilliant goals, which we'll talk about later. And then, and then a, a real sense of controlling the ball. Huddersfield weren't bad. They're not a bad team at all. They showed some stuff. they just got no cutting edge. They haven't got a, a creative player that can do the things that our creative players can do. So, yeah, it, it, it was, uh, it, it's, a, it's a sort of win that we hope we're going to get used to. We're going to stand here going, oh, we've done it again. You know, that's interesting, isn't it? We've just beaten so-and-so 2-0. We didn't really get out of second gear. But that's what you have. If you want that consistency, which we've been talking about on this podcast for years, <laughs> then that's what it looks like. You yeah. come out, you get two goals, you control the game, and you all go home. Mike's time to get in. I do want to cut in, because I do want to say, and, and DCW said that he didn't think there was any jeopardy either. I, I think you, you'd, you'd agree. I don't necessarily go along with that. I, don't, I think the game was... In the balance is probably pushing it a little bit too yeah. far, and I don't think anyone will match the day. The pundits are going to say, "Well, yes, Huddersfield win this." But after we went two 0 up, and I think we had some really good possession on another day, we could have been four 0 up at, at half time comfortably. They hit the bar, and I thought we looked very easy to get at. He saved that, by the way. That <laughs> was an incredible oh, save. So I mean, it went for a corner. It didn't look. I thought he hadn't touched it, but he had knocked it onto the onto the crossbar. So yeah, so they hit. They, and it was a speculative shot, but they were getting into decent areas, and I thought we. Whilst we weren't necessarily under a huge amount of threat, I think we were too easy to get at. This, this, I'll get the criticism out of the way. I've caught it from you, you see. Oh, yeah. um, oh, what do you mean? You caught it from me. Well, I caught it from you. How the tables have turned, eh? How the tables have turned. But I thought we, there was a, a 10, 15-minute period where it, perhaps we looked a little bit open. And I did wonder you know, if this was Bournemouth or, or someone else we'd gone 2-0 up against with someone with a bit more about them. And, 
and I will pick Colin up saying that Huddersfield are, are decent. I don't think they are. I think they're organised, and yeah. and that's kind of as good as it gets they've from them. I think the, they're poor. They've got the worst attack in Premier League history. They've <laughs> failed to score in over 55% of their matches in the Premier League since they've since they've come back up. Um, and you know, if we were playing a team with anyone with with any real quality in in the front third of the pitch I think we could have had a different story today because I think we did actually start slow first five minutes or so I was sort of thinking hang on a minute we need to they're, they're getting territory here they're getting possession we need what's going on and then it was thankfully two bits of brilliant individual skill just changed everything for us and then that that was it, it was home and hose from then really yeah the the, the one-two punch one for the left side one from the right side um, were absolutely spectacular and the thing about the Pereira goal um, was who gets the assist I think on the WhatsApp group, DCW said that the assist should go to the, the Huddersfield defence because he just <laughs> walked past them. It was an amazing goal. I think he's got the assist for himself, Pereira. Yeah. I think he assisted himself. I don't think there's anyone's going to claim an assist on that. Oh, by the way, I've got a disclaimer to make. So last week I said that Adam Messina was brought up at Barcelona and played for Espanyol. I've got the wrong fullback. <laughs> That's Mark Navarro. Oh, yeah. Adam Messina is a Moroccan-born Italian who plays for Bologna, so I apologise for that. Terrible slip of the tongue. Obviously, you've got a player that can make a goal. That's really important. We've got plenty of those. In the end, those goals were individual brilliance, both goals. And uh, I think the keeper's still wondering how Delafeo scored the second goal. I, I think he's still wondering well, how he scored. goal, though, it just, it, it's him continuing to be magical Bobby P. Yeah, he is. I mean, that's, that's what we always hoped when he got here. And he got the bad injury, he was out for a long time. He came back, he was very protective of his, of his own body, as we, as we spoke about before. He looked after himself, which I think was very clever on his part, although people got on his back a bit. And now we're starting to see with a good pre-season and a manager really, really believes in him and gives him a sort of a free role. Uh, to do kind of whatever he's not he's not he's not sort of uh, trapped in one place on the pitch he can he can cut in he can go out he can you know he, he was playing up front at some points and dropping back and but uh, when he gets on the ball like that the defenders are terrified of him they know that he can go by them if they go in too close he slips them if, if they if they drop back he, if he's got space then he can score uh, and today he, I think he went past what three players was it to score that five goal? it felt like the whole team though yeah I mean he's he really is turning into something really really special in this league and and the worry of course as always when you're Watford is that the vultures will start circling going oh he's quite good we could do with him at Tottenham hopefully he seems happy as I said that before I follow him on Instagram he seems very happy and settled uh, he's playing every game he's playing the, some of the best football he's played I, I, I can see him being here for a long time I hope so his goal scoring record before joining Watford was, wasn't great either as well so to see him I think he scored 10 perhaps in his career before he before he joined Watford I think he might be on 9 I think or something so you know that's, that's a real real it just shows I think how much he's, he's flourishing that he scored in such a short amount of time what he's had done in, in his previous career but joke, we were half joking about the assist I know but and when you say it was his own assist it was but I think it's his form that was the assist. I think they were just absolutely petrified to tackle him. They would have been, just been seeing the, the Huddersfield team cart away their big screens and stuff, so they obviously do their research. There would have been a big red circle around Pereira, there would have been a big red circle around Delafeu, uh, and they looked absolutely terrified. They looked bamboozled, bemused. They didn't know what to do. And I, as it was happening in front of my eyes, I was thinking about the podcast last week when I said, let's take some time to enjoy watching these players. And there it was unfolding before our eyes. It was just a joy. Um, Pereira's goal, born of his great form. Delafeu's goal, born of his historic, his name. He's, he was from Barcelona, Colin. I can yeah, <laughs> confirm that one. Um, but again, I think they were worried to tackle him. But the finish was, he still had work to do. And, and that whip finish into the, into the, into the side 
portion of the netting, whatever you want to call that. When a goal goes there, you know it's a good finish generally. It was spectacular, really, really good. They, the Huddersfield defence will rightly get absolutely annihilated tonight on match today and, and for, for the rest of the week. But credit to those two guys. They've earned the right to sort of to earn to, to create those chances and, and they still had to be finished they did it with a plum the thing for me with the Defeu goal was he was running into the box and my head goes oh he's going to cross it but he didn't DCW he did a little bit more he sort of had massive amounts of confidence absolutely and, and I think you, you know you wouldn't maybe the goalkeeper wouldn't be expecting him to shoot from that angle he'd also expect to save most shots from that angle but it was the, the pace of the ball maybe it was the fact that he took it a bit early caught him by surprise but it was just the pace of the whole movement Pereira's was I think Huddersfield came away a lot worse with the Pereira goal because he kind of just sort of sauntered on through the defence and he kind of just went in a straight line there was no step overs there was no real change of direction it was just like oh oh, okay he's going to let me through fine I'll, I'll, I'll come right in and I'll score but Delefeo he went one way he went the other completely sold the defender a dummy very very difficult to defend against that sort of pace and movement and then the finish it just smacked of a player who's he's back He's, he's confident and he, you know he really could have had two or three today really shouldn't he I think he was quite disappointed when he went off he, he threw his gloves down I think he knows that he probably should have had a hat-trick maybe today a podcast made by Watford fans for Watford fans from the rookery end the third goal came after a bit a bit longer you know there was a couple of minutes more minutes in between the, the third, second and the third than there was the uh, first and the second um, came from Isaac's success and uh, felt like much more of a, a team goal, it's much more like something that they'd done in training, yeah. um, but felt, you said, in fact, you said poetic. Yeah, in some ways it's my favourite goal. I mean, there's three different goals, but three joyous ones. How, for, how, for how, my, how, my, before we get into this, how many of us went, oh, don't pass it square? <laughs> 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 yeah, absolutely. It, it did look to the naked eye like, oh, they've sort of lost momentum here. Like, as DCW said, and it's a bit, you sort of shake your head and look, right, okay, well, let's see what happens here. But as it panned out, Lovely move at the right. Kiko picked it up, crossed it. Isaac Success slams it home for a, for a deserved goal. And, and just capped the, And that was it. Game over. In a box. Gone. Move on. And what I loved about it was, A, it's again, it's tactics. It's Gracia's attention to detail on the training, on the training pitch. They will have worked at that. It's not an easy one to, to do. You have to, you have to fool them. You have to get the overlap. You have to get the cross. And you have to get the finish. It all has to come together. It did. So, and what I liked about it was, as you said, it was relatively late in the game. I, I, I don't know, 70 minutes, 80 minutes. So they're still thinking at 80 minutes. They're still switched on to get that recall from the training ground. Right. This is the perfect opportunity to run whatever whatever code name they might have given it red 26 or whatever <laughs> third hook. Um, and they did it and at that late point with 10 minutes to go cold tired they, and they did it and that, that is so 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 pleasing that it's that sort of goal that put that game to bed it was organized disciplined uh, and precision it was I, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it it was great it made my heart sing oh. well it's the first sort of start with DCW we've seen of um, of Isaac here at Vicuz Road did he do you know, for you the job that that lone striker or slightly, slightly further forward striker than the rest of them needs to do compared to Gray compared to Deeney well, I was quite interested to listen to the pod last week when Colin, you were describing his performance and saying that he's ideally suited to playing that lone striker because bits I've seen of him before, I wouldn't have necessarily thought that would be the case, but I think you were spot on. He, he, he did do a good job today. I think that there are were, there were moments during the game that we were chatting to each other on, on the WhatsApp group and we were perhaps getting a bit frustrated with his mm. performance, but actually I, I think whilst it didn't always go his, own, his way today, he was trying. 
and he was tr- you can see he's getting in the right areas he's got the pace to get there he's got the strength to hold off defenders he does have the ability to, to bring the ball down and, and pl- pass it off but perhaps the decision making wasn't quite there today the weight of pass wasn't quite there so I, w- I was impressed by his performance and I was pleased that he didn't let the first half get him down when when a number of passes didn't go to, to the, their intended targets he kept going and he got his goal at the end and I think it was deserved for the effort that he put in yeah, kind of it's you know we talked last week we're, we're talking about it again but Gray Deeney are they going to get anywhere near starting a game has he done anything where they could sort of get a, a wedge in the door somewhere not for me I mean I thought uh, of all the games I've watched over the past couple of years a lot of them with Deeney up front on his own last season with Gray up front on his own I think if you've got I think back to the Pereira De La Feo goals I think one of the reasons that they get space in dangerous areas is partly because of Isaac because he's such a handful for the centre-backs that they have to pay attention to him and okay he, he needs to improve his final ball and he needs to improve his finishing although he, he finished a decent one today uh, but he occupies them and that does create space for the players behind him and I think Will Hughes does the same job because Will Hughes is so good he's like a will of the wisp you know you don't know where he's going to be next but when he gets it you can't get it off him uh, and, and he lays it into, into players like Delafoe and Pereira so those two players I think that four up front is a unit that could really pay dividends for us but I think Isaac did enough I'm really glad he got a goal because for strikers goals are really important and they're really important for coaches uh, and and for you know for journalists because he got his goal. Otherwise, the performance is a bit like, is it? Isn't it? What is it? But because he got the third goal, you think, okay, so that's there as well. He, he contributed. There was a couple of times in the first half. He, I'd say he's the second best Chester of a ball in the Premier League after <laughs> Fellaini because uh, there was one that came to him and he just he just sort of caught it on his chest. Sorry, I went off mic there. He caught it on his chest. It dropped down. He turned and he passed it off. And uh, and that's something that no one else at the club can really do. And he's done it. He did it at Wolves. He did it today. I thought his performance was was good. There's plenty of room for improvement, but he's 21. It's bound to be his, his final ball. He want, he can see the pass. He just can't quite execute it at the moment. But that will come with Premier League experience. And I, I I can't see how you can take him out of his team unless you go to a two. If you go to a two, then I think you've got a different a two up front. I mean, you've got a different choice to make. But if you're going to go with one up front and play those the three amigos behind him, then it's got to be Isaac for me. Can I just say? Can we please remember? That if Will Hughes ever has a really good game and he scores a goal that we call the podcast Will of the Wisp, well, yeah. <laughs> we've got to remember that. Okay. Um, I just, I think, I think Isaac's success probably suffered a little bit because of the quality of those first two goals and then the the quality of some of the play immediately after it, and because it felt like this could be an amazing afternoon. This could be four, five, six nil. Everyone was moving around, and then sometimes some of his balls didn't didn't quite go off, as did, uh, didn't go to the intended target or under hit a little bit and I think that was that was cause for frustration I think and he was almost maybe the focal point for he was the, for some of the frustration but that's too harsh I yeah, think yeah, yeah. he suffered by he suffered because of it it was such a blistering start and two incredible goals I think his performance was was excellent and he's so he, we know I don't need to go back over it but I think we need to be careful not to be too revisionist in terms of how does he Detroit and, and Andre Great back, get back into the team because as a two they were yeah. absolutely unplayable at times towards the start of the season. You think think back to those hard to think back to August and those those first four wins of the season, but they were instrumental. And then the national press were talking about how Gracia's bucked the trend and he's gone two two up front. And there was talking about how has the footballing landscape changed with Watford at the vanguard almost with with those guys up front. So what it does say is. 
Isaac's success, great. I think he's, he's, he's hit the ground running now. His Watford career feels like it's up and running. Brilliant. And with those guys in behind him, I think Delafay was very advanced, wasn't he? He was, he started, yeah. he was almost, you could say, he was a second striker, basically, today. Definitely bits in the second half, before he went off, where he was the one up front. And when he went off then, Pereira was the, the, yeah. the one up front. But the delight and the glorious thing is options. Options, 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 which we didn't have last year. Like, who's going to give? Who's going to chance their arm up front this, this, this game and probably not do very well? You know, and you get to the stage where you want Akaka to come because he's a different. The man not in possession of the shirt and when things are going wrong is always the answer. Whereas now it's a difficult question, but a a question that you want to have asked of yourself as a coach. Right, what does the next opposition challenge and what's the next? What's the best thing that we can piece together to do it? Because we've got options and yeah, great. Andre Gray as well was unlucky today. He's yeah. he, he, talking about. I think we're the difference between us being amazing at the moment and us still being sort of Watford is is that decision making, <laughs> is that final ball? Because with the right ball today, Andre Gray could have had a couple in the ten minutes he was on. And we should have had loads more chances. We could have been six. We could have been in six, seven, eight territory today if the things had come off. And I think we've got their talent. We've talked about them. There's the, the, there's a real the, the amigos, as Colin called them. I really like that because that sort of does sum up the the sort of flair that they play with. And we've got the talent there, but we're just not quite there in terms of the the well-oiled machine all the time. But hey, I'm not complaining. I think great squad, another great performance, and a cream cheat. Happy days. The one thing, David, that we uh, that I was questioning, I suppose, at two 0 up, you could see that there were two defenders and two attackers warming up from the subs bench. Are you thinking, oh, which way is he thinking? Is he going to go defensive? Is he going to go for the third? But the substitutions he made, you could say Cathcart was going to be uh, went off because of injury, but it didn't seem like he was going to go stupidly defensive uh, at you know just two 0 up against Huddersfield, have he? I think if we did that, it would have been a sacking offence. If you do that at home to Huddersfield and you try and shut up shop when you're 2-0 up. Like, I mean, I think it, it, he's an intelligent coach. He knows he knows what's going on on that pitch. He could see that there was there was more goals in us. He could see that it probably wasn't that much to worry about in terms of Huddersfield's threat on the counter-attack. Or they had a bit of possession. They sort of pinned us back. But every time their attack inevitably broke down, we were away. Be it Foster launching it up to success or Pereira or Decore breaking forward. So... I think it was a game where he he, he he saw the opportunity to maybe get Delefeo off after 65 minutes, which is probably a bit early from his point of view. He'd probably say, I'd like to stay on for a bit longer. There's still goals in this for me. Um, but give Gray some time, give some of the other, give Ken Simmer a, a go, and, you know, just try and get some confidence into those into that squad. And I think that's, that's, that is one of the big challenges we've got this season and Grashi has done really well with it so far is making sure that everyone's happy because the injuries haven't really come in the, in the numbers that they have done in previous seasons most players when they've played have, have been have been pretty good there's been no one that's had a real shock of this so far this season so as we were just talking about with Gray and, and, and Dini it's how, how do I get them all in the team so you, you know you've got to take those opportunities when they arise and I think he did that well today um, Hats off to Harry as well because something we haven't mentioned is that he picked the same 11 that played at Wolves uh, he had Holobas and Cabaselli available, and presumably, uh, and obviously Gray on. The, you know, he's got all, all sorts of players available to him. But, but specifically, Holobas and Cabaselli, who've been uh, starters for us until obviously the suspension for Cabaselli and the, and the suspension for Holobas due to five yellow cards in eight games. <laughs> you know, so, so that that doesn't get you. You're not that popular in the in the canteen when you come in and you've got a, you've got a game suspension. But instead of saying right, Holobas, you're back in because he said no, no, we won two 0 up there. You lot, you know, go and do it again. And they did. 
And so that means Holobas comes into work on Monday morning thinking, oh Lord, I'm going to have to work even harder to get back in this game. He did bring Cabaselli on, I think because Cathcart might have got a little muscle or whatever. But that's good for Cabaselli because he's a young lad and he needs to feel the confidence of the of the coach and say, it's all right, I know you've had a bad month, but you're going to come back on now and you're going to, you're going to prove to me that you're still good. But generally for the club, you play well, you keep the shirt. Messina, I thought, had developed again from the Wolves game. I thought he was a bit more adventurous. Up at Wolves, he was clearly told not to cross the halfway line. We've got those four up front. We don't need you up there putting crosses in. Stay back, make sure you, you cover the, the full-backs. And he said that in the press as well. And he did that very well. But today he was a little bit more adventurous. He's very quick, Messina. He's a big, powerful lad. He's big, isn't he, for a fullback. He's tall for a fullback. It's the first time I've seen him play today. And I think you're right. Holly Bass will be looking at that thinking, oh... I am going to have to maybe put a challenge in on, on tra- in training <laughs> do him over to get back in the team. So he doesn't do that. <laughs> but I think I think that you the mentioning Hollebass and the decor and the uh, Cabaselli substitution is interesting to bring it back to Javi because I think it's that is a shows to me a man in control and fully fully happy with the situation because I think he was getting ready to bring Hollebass on for Messina after Messina got that un- quite an unnecessary booking so he's, he's probably maybe learned from Jose in that, in that respect I think he was thinking right let's get Messina off let's make sure he doesn't do anything silly and get Holobas on but he kept his powder dry and lo and behold a couple of minutes later Cathcart pulled up it looked like it was probably a bit of cramp nothing more serious than that but he didn't panic he didn't go right God Messina's going to get sent off let's, get, let's switch them off we've got a left back here in control knew the game was, was under control just a man in charge he knows where he's at the players obviously trust him. The players are, 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 are playing where they're doing the role that he sets out for them. He's just cool, calm, and collected. He's he's on it, I think, at the moment, and I think we've got we've got a great head coach in Harry. Yeah, he just absolutely nailed it for us. It was superb from start to finish. He got it right. Great pleasure to welcome once again to Michael Parkinson. Arlo. Arlo, how are you doing? Sleepy and good. Well, that's a happy combination. Now, not only is it Sunday, but it's also getting close to one of your favourite times of year, Halloween. So if the entire Watford team were to turn up here, trick-or-treating, which Watford player would you trick and which Watford player would you treat? I would trick Holobas because it's a bit naughty. It's a bit naughty, can't be, can't it? I'll give Holobas some treats. If you had one favourite treat to give to one favourite player, who would it be? Uh, Foster, because I met him and he was really kind. If you could go round to one Watford player's house, trick or treating, which player would it be? Will Hughes. Why Will Hughes? Because he seems kind. I think that's a reasonable answer. Thanks very much for joining us, Arlo. Bye-bye. Do not scratch your ears. You're listening to From the Rookery End. Uh, there's a brand new series of Hornet Heaven uh, currently out. Episode 3 comes out on Halloween. And funnily enough, it's a Halloween special. Here's the clip. Welcome to Hornet Heaven, the afterlife reserved for people who love Watford Football Club with all their heart. Wait, if that's who it's for, what's he doing up here? Who? Him in a red builder's helmet. Lawrence Bassini. Has bankrupt bands, like, actually died, babes? Or is he just looking for the keys to the Hornet Heaven safe? 
Don't worry, young lady. That's not really Bassini. It's Halloween today, so everyone in Hornet Heaven is in costume. It's a tradition up here. We dress up as what has scared us the most as Watford supporters. Baz's time in charge was truly terrifying. Oh, all right. I get it. Are you in costume, babes? Or is the referee's kit and the mullet lid your usual get-up? Today, Daisy, I'm Roger Milford. In the 1980s, he was everyone's nightmare. Look, there are actually 15 Roger Milfords standing around the atrium, all preening themselves in case there are cameras. Colin, you're the voice of Hornet Heaven. Uh, so far, what have we had in this in series before this Halloween special? So we've got two episodes out uh, already, and the third episode, as you say, is the Halloween special. The first episode was about what tattoo would you, who would you get tattooed on your body? And, uh, of course, uh, Derek Garston goes out and gets himself tattooed with Richarlison, who then leaves the club. So he's now got uh, an obsolete tattoo. Uh, and, the, and the whole story is about, you know, loving footballers and who would you have. And then the second episode is rather sweet, really. It's about a couple who were married for a very long time, uh, came to games and then they both die and but in Hornet Heaven they sort of go through a kind of divorce which yeah. is really sad in the in eternity because he's become obsessed with programmes and the quality of the paper and she's obsessed with hugging people and being like part of the community and he doesn't like that and she thinks he's boring so they kind of break up so Bill Mainwood decides to be a kind of marriage counsellor and, 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 and takes them to all the games they went to when they were little kids when they first met and then when they were early first married it's a very beautiful story it's brilliant writing from Molly Wickham and it brings a tear to the eye uh, this one though, is Halloween, it's scary uh, and all the people in Hornet Heaven uh, are dressed up especially for Halloween but what would your Halloween costume be as a Watford fan? Mike? This is, a, this is probably a little bit harsh but during the 90s we had some terrible goalkeepers. Perry Digweed, right? <laughs> yeah. Perry Digweed. Me and my brother and a couple of friends, we used to, our just heart used to sink whenever we used to see him take the pitch. We thought he's, he's, he's got a howler in him every time. So I link Perry Digweed. Sorry, Perry, if you're listening. <laughs> How did you find us, if you are? But uh, thanks for listening. Um, I link Perry Digweed with a very dire time in our history. So I think, just as a little nod to that, I'd dress myself, I'd get a curly wig on, um, and I'd go as, uh, go as Perry Digweed. DCW, what would you choose on uh, the, dark, the, the night of Halloween? Well, I, I would wear a Luton Town shirt, <laughs> but I'd also find, maybe I'd have to get this custom made because I don't think they're a big seller, a David Pleat mask. <laughs> <laughs> horrifying, absolutely horrifying. <laughs> I'm shivering already. No, that's the cold. Uh, Colin. What about you? What's your, your Hallow- Watford Halloween costume? Well, there's a few referees in there that I would quite happily dress up to scare other Watford fans. But um, in the end, I have to pick one man who broke my heart in a million different ways. We've been in the Premier League with, uh, in the second coming of Graham Taylor. We came back down. He left. retired, basically. And we got a man in who had done brilliantly at Chelsea as a player and then as a coach. And we all thought... He was going to be the chap to take us forward, back to the Premier League with, the, with all his contacts and his brilliant style of football. And what did he do? He plunged us into nine million quid's worth of debt with a bunch of journeymen who took all our money and ran off. So I'm going to go as Gianluca Vialli. That's uh, so the Halloween special for Hornet Heaven. Uh, it's out on Tuesday. Uh, you can uh, download it via Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, as you can with From the Rookie End. It's out on Tuesday. Mm-hmm.
I'm Nathaniel Chalabar and you're listening to From the Rookery End. Next, we head up to Newcastle. Mike, you know, we, we talked about going to this game against Huddersfield because they're Huddersfield and they've not been playing very well and we're at the bottom of the league and so we're at Newcastle. Are you worried about the trip up to St James's Park any more than you would have been in previous years? No, I'm no less worried, but the, the mantra stays exactly the same. That is a winnable game. Again, as arrogant as that might sound, as a Watford fan going up to Newcastle, that is a winnable game for our football club, and we must approach it in the, in the same way. They, I think they've drawn today, so another another bad result. Did they draw with Southampton? Nil-nil. Nil-nil. nil-nil with Southampton, so they haven't pulled up any trees again. They're there for the taking, quite frankly. And how exciting is it for me to be able to say this? Perhaps in the first time in, what's this, the ninth season of doing the podcast, I'm genuinely saying it, genuinely saying it with, with scientific belief behind it it's not an emotion it's not thinking yeah I think we could go and do something there we might be able to nick something this is looking at it in the cold light of day running the stats the bookies may well have us as favourites for it and rightly so and how good is that that we're now at that at that point that we'll travel up there more in expectation than, than hope which is obviously dangerous but clearly a 2-0 defeat then yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, get, we'll get absolutely thumped and save Rafa's job and we'll kickstart Newcastle season instead of Huddersfield <laughs> that's, that's all it means but yeah look no, look at look everything we've said in the podcast today. Talent on the pitch, talent um, on the on the touchline in the head coach. The football club itself is is purring. The fans are happy. They'll be travelling there. They're in huge numbers. Excited to see the the boys in green again. They do look resplendent in that green kit, don't they? I think they look absolutely wonderful in it. Same again, please. Same again. There's no reason we can't go and beat Newcastle. Go and duff Southampton up as well. And we're still looking at Christmas, knocking on the door of the top six, even the top four. DCW, um, you, you know, we, we were looking ahead at, at the Huddersfield today, weak defence. Is there anything to be worried about in Newcastle, do you think? Well, the only thing I would be worried about, in, instinctively I'm worried about this as a fan. I'm sure Havi and the players are going to be totally focused and, and will go there and will give it their all and have got a very good chance of winning that match. But I'm, I'm concerned about the match because Newcastle haven't won a game yet. They've, they've drawn three times, they've got three points, they, they've, had, they've had another nil-nil draw today. They, they are having an awful time of it at the moment. It's going to be a miserable atmosphere probably from the home fans up there, but terrible runs like that inevitably <laughs> come to an end at some point. And we all know, we, we talked about before this game, we've often been the team that kickstarts other teams' runs or, or is the team that they finally get a win against when they haven't had one for ages. We managed to avoid that problem today at home against Huddersfield. We've just got to make sure that we go out there, we do the job next week. We don't want to be the first team that Newcastle beat. Colin, you were on uh, TalkSport 2, uh, did a show on a Monday night, and you spoke with a Newcastle fan. And um, you were quite sympathetic to, to the, the plight that they're currently in. But if we did go and score a quick goal, that place is probably going to go toxic. If we get an early goal, it's over. Because the club isn't just facing the problem that they've got a lot of injuries, like West Ham say. There's, there's such deep fissures at that club with, uh, with the owner who uh, there's nothing good to say about him really he's, he's bred the club he, he doesn't seem to care he won't invest in his own business it's very peculiar really they've got a brilliant manager who could do who worked wonders last season with, with this, pretty much the same squad in fact they've got a less good squad this, this season because uh, they've lost some players they sold some players bizarrely and didn't replace them properly and I think that the problems at Newcastle are so profound that if we get a quick if we get an early goal in the first 10 minutes I, I think that it's over I just don't think that there's a spirit at the club at the moment I don't think Rafa has been able to work his magic with those players to say look it doesn't matter about all that 
we get on the training ground, you're good footballers, I'm going to help you win football matches. That doesn't seem to be there this season. It seems like there's not, it's not that they're, that they're giving up, it's just they haven't got the, the belief or the spirit. And I, I do think, like Mike, that we will go up there and we will beat them. Because we have beaten them five times in a row since we've been in the Premier League. Four times in the Premier League and once in the Cup. So they have got a terrible record against us. <laughs> Even when we weren't that good, that Cup game here was an awful game. But we managed to win it 1-0. Uh, but we, we beat them twice in the in the two seasons they've been in the Premier League with us. 2-1, I think, and then 2... Was it, I can't remember what it was last season, 2-0 or 2-1. And I, I just think we're going to do the same again. I just don't think that the spirit in that side... They may prove us wrong, and I, in, in many ways, they're a grand old club, and it's awful to watch them, and it's awful to hear their fans, because they're fans, and football fans aren't in control of their club in lots of ways and there they are sitting in that stadium watching a bunch of quite average players not playing that well getting beat week after week because their owner doesn't care and I, I, we've been in that situation ourselves under under Bassini lots of promises made not delivered so I do feel sorry for them but next Saturday I won't have any sympathy when we beat them 4-0 the great, the great thing is if we lose next next week up at Newcastle it doesn't it's not the end of the world it's not even approaching a problem for us in our season we've we've earned the right to go up there and, and give it a damn good go so if we're speaking next week after a defeat in Newcastle well to be perfectly frank it'd be hugely disappointing but our season will rumble on and we'll still be looking positive but to go up there excited about where this team's going to take us next brilliant let's just let's just enjoy the ride thank you much for listening uh, thank you to subscribe uh, you listen every single week to From the Ricker Inn uh, it's always our take on life's what for fan and do get involved with us on social media uh, at Watford Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and uh, and you know it's, it's fantastic when we hear from you guys. Uh, onwards up north to uh, St James's Park. I keep saying the come on your horns, so I think it's uh, it's time that we get one from Colin to finish up the podcast. Come on your horns.